Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Bouncing Back, the Personal Resilience Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. Let's get started. Welcome back to Self-Improvement Atlas, the Personal Science Insights podcast. Um, I'm here today with Letitia DeFranco, who is a yoga and pranayama instructor and a women's circle facilitator. Letitia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Diti. Thank you for having me today. I'm I'm hyped to talk to you today. We're going to talk about how yoga helps manage our health and wellness. Um, but before we get into that, uh, did you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do? Yes, definitely. There's so much to say, but I'll try to be short. <laughs> um, of course. So I'm originally from France, but I moved to Australia five years ago and um, I started teaching yoga three years ago. So um, I did my yoga teacher training in India back in 2020. And since then I've embarked on my yoga journey. Um, I've started really recently to facilitate women's circle as well. And that this has been one of the most uh, incredible journeys so far. And yeah, this is pretty much all about me, about my current life. Um, in the past, I was just studying uh, business and project design. So that was in another lifetime, but um, now I'm all about health and holistic wellness and yoga. Yeah, absolutely. What do you, what, uh, what kind of women's circles do you facilitate? What exactly does that entail? So for me, it was really about um, creating a strong community for women um, where they can feel safe and supported. So it's always like a small group of 14, 15 women um, gathering together once a month and we just explore a different theme every time um, on either self-development, um, more yoga, um, more like the next one will be about sound and vibration and frequency. How does that affect the body? And it's really about sharing experiences, um, being open, vulnerable and taking care of ourselves and being there to create sisterhood and yeah, support. It's really about community in the end. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds so wonderful. I think, you know, having a safe space to to do all of that um, with a group of people that you trust is so important. It is definitely. It's like, that's what I was telling um, the woman the other day, like self-care is important, but I feel that you really need communities to thrive. This is the foundation, actually. Absolutely. No, I so agree with you. I'm so with you on that. Um, and I guess like before um, we talk about more about, I guess, health and wellness and, and your background, um, we have a segment called, Have You Met uh, Letitia DeFranco? In which I ask you a couple of really quick questions about yourself. Um, are you ready to answer them? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so I guess my first question for you is, what is your favorite book? 
Oh, this is a hard one, but um, <laughs> I thought I think my favorite book is called The Perfume by Patrick Siskind. Um, I read it years ago back home, so in French, and it's a beautiful story of this guy. It, it's actually a true story, like it's a real character, um, and it just takes you on a journey around the senses and how this guy is creating sense that actually affect people's behavior. So it's a kind of a really interesting story and a thriller as well. Um, and yeah, it takes time in the 18th century. So yeah, it's wonderful book, highly recommended. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is this the one where, I mean, does he, does he kill people in it? I, I feel like, yep, yes. yep, yep. Okay. Yes. yes. We are thinking about the same book. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read like maybe half of it, but I'm not very good at finishing books. Um, but at some, it means at some point I will return to it and finish the rest of it. <laughs> this is your <laughs> so sign today. This is my sign. This is my sign to get back to it. <laughs> um, what about um, a favorite, a favorite movie of yours? Hmm. Can I say two? <laughs> yes, yes, the more the merrier. <laughs> so I love The Green Mile. I feel The Green Mile is one of the best movie of all time. And Inception as well. Inception is absolutely mind-blowing. So, yeah, these are my two oh. absolute favourites. A great picks. Um, Inception was a favorite of mine. I remember when I was younger as well, when it first came out. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It is. It is incredible. <laughs> um, what about a um, podcast that you've been really into lately? Lately, I've I've listened a lot to The Emerald by um, Joshua Michael Shrey. I'm sorry if I pronounced the name <laughs> wrong, uh, but yeah, an absolutely wonderful podcast. Um, about different myth and animism and everything mystic. It's, oh, he is such a talented man. Um, yeah, it's really, really highly recommend this podcast. It's same, really mind-blowing, breathtaking. A lot For of sure. knowledge. Mm. Emerald, that's yeah. right? The Emerald, yeah. The Emerald. Okay, might add that one to my list um, <laughs> next up. Uh, what about a famous role model that you've looked up to, um, either in your personal life or your professional life? To be honest, I, I, I don't have really like a role model I would refer to. It's more, um, you know, people that I've crossed paths with every day that inspired me in a way. Um, I'm not really into like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say that I'm not like a fangirl. Like I don't like, you know, um, refer to someone in particular but it's more like different people that I've crossed pathways that inspire me in some different way and that I've learned from um, yeah it's more like everyday life experiences and people mm. uh, yeah is there one person in particular that you want to shout out <laughs> to be honest I feel like lately it's my little brother that inspired me a lot um okay. is yeah, nine years older than older than me, uh, younger than me. Sorry, but um, it's taught me a lot uh, about life and about myself in general lately. Yeah, 
as a fellow um, older sibling with a, a long age gap between me and my younger brother, I, I totally understand how your younger sibling can inspire you. It's like a, they're completely different human beings, a totally different generation. And I feel, it feels like you learn about life from a, in a completely different angle um, just through them. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's good. It feels so good to have a different perspective on life and choices that you might have done in the past in a way and then making day choice in a different way and I don't know it's just yeah it's really fulfilling and yeah yeah for sure Mm. for sure no I totally agree with you I'm with you on that one um what about the last course that you completed um so the very I'm I'm currently on a course actually um I'm currently on a 300 hour advanced um Ayurveda yoga and tantra course um, but the last one I've completed, uh, was, was my teacher training actually, um, okay. three years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I guess the one that you're completing at the moment, it's not the last one you completed, but you're doing it now. So I think it counts. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that brings us to the end of that segment. Thank you so much, Letitia. Um, you're yeah. known now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, we can now move on to our topic of the day, which is um, yoga and how it, and its impact on health um, and wellness. I wanted to start off really, really broad. Um, our topic is uh, our, our show is about personal development. So I wanted to ask you, how do you define personal development? Um, to me, personal development is more like about, um, you know, improving oneself. Um, using a wide range of tools and activities and experiences that will automatically impact your uh, well-being in a positive way because it's also improving yourself in in a good way. Um, So it involves a lot of different aspects, self-reflection, self-awareness, setting meaningful goals, um, acquiring new skills, new knowledge, um, expanding your abilities. So it's really like a journey on self-growth, self-improvement, self-actualization and self-realization as well. Because I feel, you know, a lot of us have an idea of um, how we should be, what success is. But this is an idea that is a projection of our society. And yes. when we look at personal development, you need what well, it's personal. It's in the title, you know, like it's personal. So it's also aspiring to achieve some goals and fulfill your very own potential, you know, according to your life, your personality, and not what is expecting of you, expected of you. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah. absolutely. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful explanation. And and I guess it's also so like, I mean, the way you described it, it's like so multifaceted, right? Like there's so many different ways, um, even just for one person to achieve personal development and so many different goals to work towards um, on your own that might not necessarily match to what society wants you um, to exactly. work towards. So. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. This, this. I mean, there are so many ways, and we are discovering more and more ways of improving ourselves. You know, more and more tools. I mean, it's 
it's a never ending um, journey. It's a lifelong journey, uh, personal yeah. development. So yeah, we'll learn more and more along the way. So. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel are like the main challenges with personal development? I feel like the number one will be discipline and consistency, really. Um, we live in a world where we can have everything instant and instantly. Instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> Such a difficult world. Um, and it's hard for us to just, you know, maintain focus and overcome procrastination and actually resist that immediate um, sense of gratification, you know. Um, it's so easy to go on your phone if you need an answer or whatever, you just type something and then in a second you get the answer that you want. But when it comes to developing yourself, your abilities and improving your overall well-being, it actually takes a lot of effort, um, a lot of discipline and motivation, and you actually have to put some work in. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Um, so for me, that, that would be like the main challenge. Um, but it also, um, another big one would be fear, you know, overcoming fear and the resistance, uh, the resistance of change. It's about stepping out of your, your comfort zone, you know, and really facing, facing that fear of um, failure or criticism. Um, and failure is an integral part of life, but we all often see failure as something bad. It, it's also like a culture difference, but um, from where I'm from, from France, the, the big, there's a big difference um, in the culture um, in that sense that the perception of failure back home um, it is really bad. <laughs> It's yeah. really bad. You know, for example, like the United States would celebrate failure as stepping stone to success. Um, in France, um, failure is a source of almost of shame um, and disappointment. Um, so if you if you fail, it's really hard for an individual to actually come like step forward again and take another step towards achieving their goals because everyone, um, every structure will turn their back if you fail, like as an entrepreneur or even as a student, you know, like early childhood, uh, you always, um, it seems like your value is determined by, by your ability to have good marks, um, to be productive, um, to do things the way the society expect you to do it uh, so there's a big contrast in in culture regarding to yeah to failure but like for me failure is actually necessary to success um, yeah. this is where you learn you know there will be tough moments but this is about viewing the step backs as learning opportunities and um, and about bouncing back from disappointment to actually move further um, we always learn uh, along the way. Like we can't have all the knowledge in the world. And if you don't fail, you never learn anything um, and you get stuck in one place. So um, 
I really want people to embrace failure, you know, like I've changed my path so many times. I've tried so many things because I love trying things, but obviously on the way I've failed a lot. Um, but for me, they're just lessons, you know, I've just grown from that and I've learned to also accept that I'm a human being, um, that I'm always learning. Uh, I've learned to have self-compassion and resilience and be adaptable to those changes and to those failures. Um, so yeah, this, there are so many challenges, honestly, to personal development, but these are the big ones. And obviously time management um, is another big one. I feel in the society now it's balancing uh, whatever you want to achieve personally with your daily life commitments, with your family life, your work life. Um, so it's really about like building all these routines, these habits effectively um, so that you don't lose track of time and actually keep that commitment to yourself. Yeah, stay, stay accountable as well, you know. Yeah. Accountability, another big one. Um, yeah, you are responsible of your choices and of your own life in the end. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, you gave such a be beautiful answer to that question. First of all, and, all right. Um, so, what about, I guess, the the mental and emotional benefits of yoga, like especially to kind of that part of our well being. Yeah, so obviously um, on a mental and emotional um, level, yoga is also really effective because um, the integration of like the physical postures with um, breath control um, and meditation helps us to cultivate mindfulness and self-awareness. So I feel like through a regular practice, um, individuals learn really to be present in the moment um, and automatically it reduces stress, anxiety, depression. Um, it really, yoga really encourages that sense of relaxation, fosters a sense of calm, of tranquility. Uh, you really get grounded not only in your body, but in the world around you, with the world around you, you really establish that connection and feeling like you being part of a greater world for me is an essential um, component of emotional well-being as well. Um, and it's been like, I mean, scientific researchers have proved that like yoga is like help manage um, chronic stress and um, and depression, anxiety, and overall mental health, like it helps a lot with it, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. How do you get the most benefit out of practicing yoga? So I feel like, you know, like every, like for every practice, you need to be consistent, <laughs> like any like any habit you need to establish a consistent practice um and again i will go back to commitment and dedication 
um, like we were saying earlier. Um, but maybe I feel like a lot of people will start with the physical practice of yoga before like digging deeper. So um, if we're going that path, first just start with really realistic goals, you know, um, depending on, on your life as well. Um, it also comes back to time management. If you don't have that much time, just set realistic goals for yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour of practice, crazy practice every day at 4 a.m. Uh, not at all. Like, just do it wherever, whenever you can, wherever you can. Just setting some time aside for yourself, even if it's just 10 minutes. It's You have to start somewhere, you know. Um, a little tip, maybe. Maybe it will help, but, like, for me, I just wake up in the morning I go do my tea and my mat is already there. It's already set up in the living room next to the window. I have my little space. So I always see my mat. So even if someday I'm just waking up and not feeling really motivated, I'm still going on my mat, laying down there, just taking a deep breath, sipping my tea, just taking your time just to wake up, you know, being with myself and just see how I feel. If I feel like moving, I will move. Otherwise, I'll just end up here. But I feel like the just the act of showing up and just taking a few seconds to pose is already a big start, <laughs> you know. Um, and yeah, it's just about then establishing a, a routine, really. Um, you really designate that specific time after a while where you know that you're going to do your practice, um, whether it's early morning, during lunch break, where whenever you can, whatever works for you, and then you stick to it. Um, you can have a little reminder on your phone or somewhere. Uh, but yeah, just developing that, that routine um, day after day. And I would imagine there's like, I mean, like you said, it's kind of even on your off days, you know, just sitting there um, with your cup of tea and doing like one pose or two poses can just make a world of difference. It's like mm, that physical aspect of stretching, but also that like mental aspect of just having it to yourself um, is just so important um, in the morning, I think. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not a morning person. So I always need a bit of time to like disconnect from everything in the morning to properly like wake myself up. And I can't, I can't disconnect for three hours, which is ideally how long it takes me to yeah. wake up. <laughs> but like even just a little bit in the morning can just make a world of difference in terms of how the rest of my day goes. A hundred percent. No, yeah. I, I'm a morning person. So I love waking up early in the morning and do everything in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, as you were saying, just a short time for yourself where, you know, it's dedicated to yourself and to feeling better and starting the day better or ending the day better or having a break so that your day goes better. Yes. <laughs> you know, just having this moment of mindfulness um, is also part of practicing yoga. Um, so, yeah, but if... You know, sometimes it's really hard for people to actually motivate themselves. Just, you know, again, accountability, like find an accountability partner or join a community. This is where also creating connection helps. 
um, seek support, you know. Um, so then that when you are actually saying to your friend, okay, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., we're going to go and practice together, you will feel <laughs> way more motivated to not let your friend down yeah. than actually doing the practice. But still, it will help you build this routine um, and, yeah, and take those steps towards change. Uh, yeah for sure I mean I guess that like that was my next question which is like how do you develop um <laughs> the habit um of practicing yoga which I yeah when you put it that way like getting an accountability friend uh, that you don't want to disappoint is like a really great way and it's very different it's probably even better than attending a class because you can always just kind of say no to the class um which I know I've been guilty of doing on many occasions <laughs> um but like if you're with a friend it's like oh that's a commitment like you're helping them they're helping you you're less likely to say no and and finding I guess like you know one a time that works for both of you like you said but also like um yeah just someone that you know is going to be affected by yeah. the fact that you didn't turn up um at that particular time is is such a great way of doing it yeah definitely it's always like also more fun to do any activity with someone else you know like it's not so much of a chore like um going into physical practice sometimes yeah you just feel like not doing it but knowing that you're going to share it with someone that you appreciate you know it's also that the experience sharing the experience so um having a, a little buddy can help a lot yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I'm I'm with you on that one. I unfortunately don't have anyone living close by that I could do it with, but I'll force my dog um, next time. <laughs> get, him, get him to keep me accountable. Um, all right. That brings me to the end of um, our main segment. And I want to move on now to um, our practice slash habit experiment debrief, where we chat a little bit more about um, how we can actually like make yoga a part of our day and a part of our routine um so I wanted to ask you Leticia what's a practice that you have done to improve um your health management um especially like I guess around the practice of yoga and and how that relates to maintaining your health um I feel like one of the main um practice or concept that I've incorporate into my daily life is really mindfulness like I'm coming back to it because um, this is something that is so accessible um, to everyone <laughs> doesn't matter your ability your age once again um, where you are in the world um, or during the day like you can practice mindfulness in every single aspect of your life and that's the beauty of it and it re really helps to find that connectedness with the world to appreciate what you have. You know, it automatically develops that um, uh, feeling of uh, gratitude as well. You know, like the chance that we have to just experience life and to realize that most of the problems we are creating are just creating in our minds <laughs> and that when we actually pose and look around everything is so magical you know every single aspect of our lives is a bit of magic that we can experience if we just take the time to pose and 
listen and look carefully. So really mindfulness is, has been um, a great help, not only to uh, improve my mental and emotional well-being, but also on a physical level. Um, this might be a, a tiny bit off topics, but like when you eat, for example, mindfully, um, the impact the food has on you is completely different. The way you nourish your body will be completely different when you put like an intention, when you put your whole um, attention to it. Um, so I feel that even in this sense, um, the way I've treated, yeah, the food I've put in my body, the way I've treated the world around me, um, stop taking it for granted and actually take time to appreciate it fully for what it is, um, has been a big, big change. Yeah. Mindfulness is, is huge. Like is, yeah, it's really like for me, like an essential part of our life and of um, our personal development and health management. Yeah, I, it is so accessible as well. I mean, you there's so many apps at the moment um, that'll help you like access mindfulness. Um, and like you can just, you can do it pretty much anywhere. I mean, ideally you'd be sitting down, but that's not exactly a rule. It's more of an ideal situation as to how to do it. And really finding a place to sit, not super, super hard during the day. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But you know, like even... Because I feel like mindfulness is often associated with um, meditation. Obviously, when you're mindful, you enter a kind of meditative state. But it also means, I don't know, um, we are talking right now and I am fully into the conversation. You know, I'm paying attention to, uh, to you, to your words. Um, I'm looking at you. Even if you are at work, if you're doing something for work, be fully present in what you're doing. Don't think of like the, the outcome of the action that you're doing or like future plans or your life at home or whatever, just do everything fully present. So even if you're doing a task that you might hate, just do it completely when, while being completely here, like feel every feeling, sense every sensation, you know, it's really, that's why it's, it's so beautiful. Like, it's really accessible and easy to do yet any time of the day, any moment. Yeah, absolutely. How, what, what is your recommended kind of time and place to be engaging in mindfulness? When, during the day, how often a day or how often a week um, and where um, is kind of the ideal um, setting? Ideally every day. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I feel it would be easier, um, at least for a start, to do it first thing in the morning because you're not uh, contaminated with all the thoughts that you might just generate during the day. You know, you might not be as stressed, um, overwhelmed um, as you can be during the day after like starting your day at work or like engaging with the outer world. At least when you're waking up, you're fresh, you're free from the other world for now um so ideally as soon as you wake up it you know it's just you know you wake up you can stay 
laying on your bed and just take a moment to pay attention to the breath, to feel your body, you know, to touch your skin. Or if you wake up, just put your feet on the floor and feel the floor like under your feet. Just really little simple steps like that is practicing mindfulness. Um, but if you can't do it every day, like, I mean, as often as possible, obviously, and there's not really an ideal, well, there's not really one ideal place, but um, obviously if you can find a space where uh, you can have a quiet time when where you won't be disturbed, it will definitely help. Um, just a little, a little corner of peace and tranquility for five, ten minutes um, would be ideal, yeah. I guess it goes without saying, but just in case the people listening haven't clued in yet, you probably can't check your phone immediately after you wake up if you want to be mindful first thing in the morning. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> a good one. Avoid, That's a good one. <laughs> avoid checking social media. I know I, I'm guilty of that one. So I'm try, I've been trying to stop and wean myself <laughs> off of it, but uh, especially on like cold mornings, it gets so hard to, to avoid doing something. I know, I know. But we all have this, yeah, there's a bad habit, but um, yeah. we're all guilty. <laughs> it's more like, you know, if, if so you're engaging in, in mindfulness in, yeah. in the morning, you know, you decided to take that on as a practice. Is there another habit or practice that you would also kind of engage in that would probably just enhance your ability to engage in mindfulness a bit more like two habits that just kind of go hand in hand with each other I guess I kind of already mentioned don't check your phone in the morning but like you know little things like that (laughs) um yeah this is definitely like a big one not checking your phone like not not putting yourself in front of a screen uh Mm -hmm. this is a no-no at least for 30 minutes (laughs) um but other than that, engaging in some, you know, gentle movements, not necessarily like what we were talking about it earlier, obviously, like um, with yoga, but it can be any kind of movement, you know, just like um, start tuning in your your body, you know, feeling yourself, feeling that you're living in a body that is, yeah, moving and breathing. And so all these yoga, mindfulness um uh, sorry, yoga, um, breathing techniques, um, any sort of movements. Start preparing, I don't know, a little drink in the morning as well, um, a tea or something, engaging in the in a bit of a ritual. Um, this, like, yeah, these are like little things I, I like to do, you know, just having a little ritual, like, um, you know, just lighting a candle or some incense and making my tea. And and as I was saying, I love waking up early. So I love just looking out the window and seeing the world goes by and watching the sunrise. And it's just really little, little things like that that I do on a daily basis that really go hands in hands with being mindful. Um, so, yeah, this... I don't know if there's anything else I could think of uh, right now, but I mean that was those are quite a few I think that you can you can make a whole morning routine I think. Out of yeah, the no, definitely. That you <laughs> 
which I, which is perfect. I think that's great. I know that um, personally I find, cause I, I engage in mindfulness and yoga kind of on and off. Like I have days where I'm like very switched on and then I'm ready to do it. And I'm always, and then like, especially in the winter months when my mood is down and that kind of thing, when it's more important for me, my body is kind of like, no, you're not able to concentrate, not fully, not fully there. But I know that what makes me engage in mindfulness easier is actually like just doing it through yoga, because I find like moving my body physically just helps me concentrate a little better. And I think that that's probably like, again, part of what you were suggesting earlier, which is like having little movements that you do while you're doing your breathing exercise to just kind of help you focus sometimes can really help. Yeah, um, definitely. But- yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, thank you for the for the um, practice. I definitely people have, and you've inspired me. Maybe I'm like I haven't been keeping up, but I'm gonna go go back and maybe get started on my morning routine. Keep my phone away. Um, but we might move on now to some questions from the audience. Are you happy to answer them? Yes, definitely. Bring it on. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. The first question um, is this. I have genuinely never been able to fully relax and indulge in yoga. I almost never feel present and my mind is always racing. How can I mitigate that to reap the benefits of yoga? Hmm, that's funny because this is um, a, kind of a question that um, one of my students asked me a couple of weeks ago because she was like, oh, I have this issue like during the practice. I just can't stop my mind from going to all these places I'm so agitated and thinking all the time I'm like well this is the role of the of the brain of the mind it's always thinking anyway um but I was telling her you know the brain is also like the mind is also a muscle you have to train it so again we're coming back I'm sorry to discipline and consistency and doing the work (laughs) but just every day um every time you're doing your practice and you notice that your mind starts wandering just notice it come back to your breath I feel like the breath is is really like an anchor um that's what what I always say during the class your breath is your anchor at any time you're feeling agitated, overwhelmed, or you have an issue um, going through a posture, come back to the breath. Just pay attention to it. Start counting your inhales and exhales so the mind has actually something to focus on, but that is still like related to the practice. Um, so I feel this one is the easiest. Um, and if you have to come back to it a thousand times, come back to it a thousand times. Also be really compassionate with yourself you know don't get mad if you can't like do it the first time there's no perfect anyway but if you feel like you're struggling don't get mad come back to it one after the other Um, you can also use you know mantras Uh, mantras are great either your own or um, mantra that already already exists that you can just uh, chant in your mind Touching your fingers, touching your body, you know, just repeating those movements helps actually grounding yourself and really focusing again, like on where you are at the moment in your body. Um, So it's all these little things that can help you um, moving deeper into your practice, but really is be patient with yourself and be really compassionate. And that's, that's fine. You'll get there. Just keep practicing. And, and yeah. 
No, and I, I feel like you've already said so much about like how you can get into yoga if, you know, it's not something that you're used to or something that you find difficult so far in the episode. So hopefully by the time we've gotten to this question, <laughs> the person who sent it in um, will have will have their answer already. Oh, <laughs> so, hopefully. <laughs> Um, the next question is, is yoga suitable for someone like me who has never been to the gym or done any regular exercise? Of course. I mean, this, uh, this is something that it really, really annoys me. <laughs> it's, um, people were telling me, oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not strong or I'm not flexible. And I feel like we've got such an idea of yoga being like just only accessible to gymnasts you know like or like people of a high fitness level but we often forget that we're all human beings that we all have started somewhere you know it's because you practice a certain physical practice that you become more like stronger more flexible so um whatever your condition is yoga is accessible a hundred percent um Asanas are not supposed to be complicated. You don't have to put your leg behind your neck <laughs> to practice yoga. And like I was saying earlier, yoga is so much more than that, so much broader. So even if you're just doing breathing techniques, you're still practicing yoga. Um, the way you interact with another human being is part of yoga as well. But this is, again, another topic. <laughs> um, but yes, of course, of course. Um, 100%. I've got so many practitioners who have, like, yeah, different ages, different um, physical condition, injuries, whatever. They're still practicing. The posture, like the position they might be able to achieve, are different from the one next to next to them. But that's perfectly fine. Everybody is different. Uh, everyone has their own abilities and capacities. Um, this is something I always say during my class as well. I'm only here as a guide, but your body is your teacher. So you listen to your body. You got your own pace. Um, if you need to take a break during the class, you take a break. There's nothing like to achieve, perform, no expectation in the yoga class. So even if you feel that you're not strong enough for a posture, that's fine. Take a variation and just move slower. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you answered the next, the final audience question Sorry. for me. Don't apologize at all. But I, I guess the question was like, can yoga help with managing chronic pain and, and reducing inflammation um, for individuals that experience, you know, chronic pain? But I guess it's like you said, you know, just kind of doing it, listening to your body as you do it as well and, and, and knowing what's too much for you and knowing your limits. Yeah, exactly. And also like um, just one practice, won't um uh, cure everything you know like it, it's yoga obviously is part of part of a holistic um approach so if you eat crap and practice yoga you won't get like the most benefit out of it because um this is also like the way you nourish your body um yeah, there's so much to take into account. Um, so if you have like chronic um, conditions, um, you also need to look at the way the food you put in your body, the way you move your body, um, the way 
your environment impacts you as well. Um, there's so much to take into con consideration. You know, yoga is great, but obviously you won't. Um, it's not a miracle um, a practice. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a whole set again of um, resources that we need to explore to take the yeah. most benefit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of like not everything and and like obviously like if you're if you need medication for your chronic pain and that kind of thing you should also be taking that at the same time as well and yoga is just one aspect of the healing exactly yeah it's, it's another resources but it won't be like your magical cure you know exactly mm. sure well, thank you for answering um, those questions. You gave some beautiful answers that um, whoever sent those questions in are going to be very happy with. Um, so thank you. Uh, we're now going to move on to our open mic section um, in which I let you have a mini TED talk <laughs> about whatever you feel was important to talk about for in the next few minutes. Uh, so Leticia, did you have anything that you wanted to say? Um, I just... Well, this is a topic that is really dear to my heart, but um, I really invite anyone, um, you know, curious about yoga to explore yoga beyond the mat. Um, you know, like, this is why I came to yoga in the first place. It's because of the spiritual aspect of it. And seeing the yoga industry just uh, being all about the physical aspect, the fitness aspect of it, um, makes me a little bit sad. And I feel like we are missing out so much uh, just focusing on our bodies. Um, like I was saying in at the very first start of, um, of the podcast, for me, community, the way we interact with the world and with each other, is the key to um, making the world a better, a better place. Um, so yeah, please explore yoga beyond the mat. Um, be kind to yourself, but to one another as well. Um, really explore and promote the sense of interconnectedness. Um, you know, I really encourage everyone to just, yeah, foster compassion, empathy, um and yeah our own unity you know we're all human beings living on the same planet so let's just try to support each other and move forward and and yeah just not take care of ourselves and our own very individual self-centered person but um yeah live as a whole yeah, absolutely. Humans are social creatures and uh, we weren't designed to be living alone. We were designed to live in communities. So it's very true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel, well, I mean, everyone sense it, you know, it's great to, to have time for yourself sometimes to have time of um, solitude, but um, yeah, as you were saying, we're mainly designed to live in community. So let's just foster that sense of community and uh, and really try to work on ourselves to um, improve our relationships to uh, each other and to others, uh, other human, not human beings, other living beings. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That's such a beautiful, I guess, point to end on um, and conclusion to kind of be, to, to, to leave our audience with. Um, where Where can they find you? 
Um, so mainly on Instagram. Um, so Lata underscore Isha. Um, I also have my brand business page. Uh, it's called A Journey to Mindfulness. So um, this is also my website, thejourneytomindfulness.com. Um, still in the in the building. <laughs> but this is mainly yeah where where you can find me um on instagram yeah fantastic thank you so much i've had such thank a wonderful time you. chatting to you today you've given such wonderful answers to all of my questions thank you so um, much and i think i'm gonna stop using my phone in the morning <laughs> yay <laughs> so you've done something right <laughs> at least for one I person hope so. at least i'm sending a bit of inspiration out there <laughs> absolutely all of the details you've given us um in terms of where to find you we'll make sure to put that in the show description um so that's available for anyone who wants to check that out um but thank you thank you for chatting chatting to me today thank you so much it was such a such a great chat and um i apologize for my english sometimes that is really um bad it's not my first language so sometimes i'm losing my words but i hope everyone could understand me well <laughs> i could um, understand you perfectly fine so i'm okay. sure the audience could as well <laughs> beautiful and thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure really thank you absolutely thank you so much thank you you have been listening to bouncing back the personal resilience science insights podcast produced by the life management science labs listen to episodes from lmsl's 10 life management perspectives on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify youtube or other podcasting apps on your smartphone if you enjoyed this episode please consider rating our show sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps others find us and us grow to bring you more quality resources more of our work can be found on our website at pr.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Tia Hama. Thanks for tuning in.